welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. everybody and welcome to punch it episode 132 my name is charlene schmidt and with me as always is tristan riddell tristan riddell it is always a good day in star trek lore when we have something new to discuss we do have something new i mean that's we really shouldn't take that for granted we really shouldn't we should appreciate it and enjoy it for what it is and with that said i'm excited to find out what you thought of the latest short trek ask not Ask not. Yes, for those of you who haven't seen it, there will be spoilers. Uh, yep. So please try to get on that if you can. If not, just skip forward uh, a couple of minutes because we do have a topic outside of this. Indeed. And uh, and yeah, but uh, it, go ahead and fast forward to the spoiler section. So ask not. This was a very short, short trick. Like this yeah. was... <laughs> You notice that too? Yeah, uh, not even 10 minutes. Like this is the shortest of the short treks so far. This is, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying not to be, I'm trying not to sound callous about this, but this felt unnecessary. Um, <laughs> okay, uh-huh. I know that, okay, whenever, whenever somebody says, like, whenever a movie comes out, like, say, Solo, you know, like the Star Wars movie that came out, so many uh-huh. people are like, we didn't ask for this, this is unnecessary, or when El Camino came out, the Breaking Bad movie. You know, so many people are like, oh, ultimately unnecessary, but still fun. Hey, that was still usually... freaking great. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. It was great. It mm-hmm. was great. Four stars. Um, but there's always that one person, and I, when I say one person, I mean a couple dozen, who say, well, nothing's necessary. Nothing's ever <laughs> truly needed. It's entertainment. And I'm just like, okay, shut up. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly <laughs> what we mean when we say something is unnecessary. So get off that high horse. This one felt, it felt, I'm not trying to come down on it, but I, I guess I am in a way, but like it's, it felt very cheap. It felt very unnecessary. It felt very, uh, it felt like just an, ex- it felt like a poor excuse to get Pike involved. <laughs> well, you just summed up, I think the whole purpose of this short trek was let's get Anson Mount back on the stage for a couple more days. Let's write something really quick for him. Now that said, though, there's still some good things, I think, that came out of this. Uh, One, and I'm so sorry, I'm blanking on her name, the actress who plays uh, Cadet Sidhu. She's amazing. She's wonderful. She's going to have a heck of a career as an actress. She's good. Now, also, though, uh, this made me think about well, maybe question Starfleet a little bit. Okay, because here's the thing is we're we're thrust into this situation and it's very intense, right? Like this thing really is tight. There was no fat on this short trek whatsoever. Uh, we're thrust into this situation where Sidhu has to guard this prisoner and whatever she does, do not let him go, keep him here, yada, yada. And this was a test. This was a mm-hmm. test of her character, of her medal as a Starfleet officer. And we have seen this before, like with Wesley, with his entrance oh, yeah. exams, he was also in a life-threatening situation where somebody could have died. Now, I understand 
kind of like wanting to take the safeties off just to see what a person is really made of. I can see why Starfleet wants to do that. But at the same time, I think this gives a really good case for the Kobayashi Maru, where people know that they're in a, a difficult situation and it's how you handle it, not necessarily how it resolves. But this was sprung upon Sidhu. She didn't know it was coming. At least Wesley right. had the notice to realize that he was being tested. So Starfleet, what are you doing? I mean, this seems to be an unnecessary risk of potential loss of life. And how many times has a situation like this backfired? That's what I really want to know. I don't think we should say necessarily that Wesley knew he was being tested. He knew he was going to be tested, but he had no idea that this was a part of the test. And I think that's the deal. I think that's the that's the trick. And I actually really like that because I feel like it's reserved for the best of the best, which Starfleet should be. You know, okay. like if you want if you're gonna get somebody on the Enterprise and you wanna make sure that their metal has been tested it's hard to test the metal of a cadet because they have no real world experience. It's all simulations. It's all survival training. It's all everything where they know that they're safe, that they know that they're taken care of, that they know they're just a beam out away. And if you're uh -huh. going to put a cadet straight from school to one of the most priority ships in the fleet, I think you have to test their ability in stressful situations and somewhat, um, you know, rough situations. Like I think Pike hit it on the head when he said he's like, I'm summarizing here because I can't remember it verbatim, but he said he's like, I know that this is uh, uh, this is rough and maybe even inhumane, but that is what war is. Right. So I kind of feel like the short trek is trying to justify its actions. And you're saying that they're not doing this to every single Starfleet cadet. They're only doing this to what seems to be the most promising of cadets. I think I think it just it wouldn't make sense to do that to every single officer. Yeah, that's or, kind in, of what I'm training. getting at. Because when, you know, we've talked about this many times before about how, you know, we've brought up Wesley in that situation from the episode of season 2, I think. And Yeah, wasn't it like coming of age or something like that? I honestly can't remember if you put, if <laughs> it's you put a, a gun to my ago, head. I've not watched it in yeah. years. <laughs> no. Uh, but with this specific thing, like I use this to cite an example of how a bridge officer is the best of the best. And if they're on the Enterprise, they're the best of the best of the best. And if you get into Starfleet, you're the best, you know, everything like that. And so I feel like there has to be some sort of, uh, stratification isn't the right word, but if you're just an enlisted man, you're not going to go through this. If no. you're just, if you're someone who's going to go into straight engineering, you're probably not going to go through this. If you're going to go through the science division, you're probably not going to go through this. But wait but a if minute. You're, Sidhu was engineering. Yes, Sidhu is engineering, but I feel like you can start off in different areas. I mean, like you look at Wesley, and Wesley was in engineering all the time. He was probably going to be on an engineering track, but he ended up being on the command track. I feel like, you are right, but I feel like if she is in the engineering track, it's probably the re like Pike probably saw her and realized that there's something more to her. And not saying that you that engineering isn't enough, but I'm saying that he probably saw leadership qualities in her. I mean, it's just like with the uh, the captain in the Tribble episode, like she was she was in the science division, but then she then she went into the command division to get her own ship. I'm sure she probably went through something similar as well. 
Uh, you know, like some sort of command test. This is pure speculation on my point. 100% speculation. (laughs) I have nothing to back this up. So you think that they do this to cadets, uh, maybe even junior officers even, who Mm -hmm. they want to steer onto the command track, possibly, to see how they react, to see if they've got the aptitude for thinking on their feet. 100% guesswork, but that's what I'm, that's what I think. I think that makes Mm. sense to me because you look at Wesley, Wesley's a friggin' genius. Like he's, uh, you know, like the cream of the crop. And I feel like um, Chekhov probably went through something like that too. You're probably right. Certainly Kelvin versus Chekhov did. That's who I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was a little weirded out by that whole idea that Starfleet was just going to spring people into what was a simulation but felt like really clear and present danger, where people potentially really could have died. But at the same time, I loved the mystery of the setting on the phaser. You don't want to know. That that just totally neuters the whole mystique of it. I, <laughs> there's no way that they handed her a real phaser. And while we're at, <laughs> why we, while we're on the topic of handing her a phaser, I tweeted about this the other day. Can we please stop having Star Trek treat the phaser like a toy? There's so, <laughs> there, there are so many times when you see someone throw and toss a phaser at someone. It's a phaser. It, it's it, it true. Can ex- it can explode. It can disintegrate. It, I know it has safeties, but who the hell cares? I mean, it's right. It's, yeah. Like, what Tuvok if you forget to lock stunned, this thing? Seriously, Tuvok stunned an entire room on a wide beam. We've seen a, a phaser overload and and destroy an entire section of a ship. This is insane that they're still treating it like a plastic playmate's toy. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind the fact that they really are, but. If we are to believe that they are lethal weapons, yeah, these are not toys. Don't throw around toys. Would you throw a knife? No. No. Just imagine if this was like a cop show, like a modern day cop show, and then they had a nine millimeter extended clip, and they're just like, oh, here's a gun, and they just tossed it haphazardly at them five feet away. That person Uh -uh. would be like, are you insane? Are you insane? Same thing, right? Yeah, good point. Except a whole lot worse. (laughs) Phasers are not toys. But yeah, so there's no way that they gave her a real phaser. I feel like that was just Pike winking, saying like, okay, well, we'll see. You know, I'm not going to tell you. But there's no <laughs> there's no reason to put people's lives in danger. And I think that this is a heavily controlled environment where no one could have gotten hurt. It's kind of like the holodeck where everything's fake, everything's on hydraulics and moving around and everything like that. It's really mm. just dramatics and theatricals, theatrics. And uh, yeah, it's just... I just felt like we spent an entire short trek, except for like the last 30 seconds, in one room with two people just yelling at each other. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's all we had. It was a battle of wills, and that was actually something I enjoyed. That's cool. I mean, I, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of people who are like, that's what Star Trek's all about. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It's cool. But it's a short trek, you know? Like, give me, give me something a little bit more interesting than this. I don't know. Honestly, of the three short treks we've had recently, this one might be my favorite. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess I didn't feel that way with Q&A. Q&A is essentially the same kind of structure. This I feel is more intense, though. Because it's just in, I'm just saying, like, from from an action standpoint, it just takes place in one um, turbo lift. So why did I feel this way? about ask not but i didn't feel this way about q a i feel like maybe because i don't know to me q a felt more interesting 
it felt more lively. It felt more vibrant. Mm-hmm. And Ask Not felt much more straightforward and just like like we cut it. Like Q&A felt like an, entor- an entire um, story. Ask Not felt like it was clipped where we just got like yeah, one okay. little section. I can agree with that. Q&A felt like a short story, whereas this felt like just kind of like a missing scene. Yeah. Yeah. Something I think that was trimmed it. off of an episode, something like that. Mm-hmm. So Which, what did you think about engineering? <laughs> Brewery 2.0, baby. This when I when I first saw it, my knee jerk was like, "Oh God, have you learned nothing?" They did not. Um, but then when I looked at it again, when I like I like I I found a freeze frame on it, and I looked uh-huh. at it again, and I really 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 looked at it. If you take a look at the Enterprise E Sovereign class engineering, it's about the same size. Except okay. this one has much more open space around it. But I think the actual engine core, the warp core, is about the same size as the Sovereign class. It just is missing some deck plating where you actually see it, like you see some more open space in the in the star drive section. And yeah. it's I think it's still way too big for the Constitution class. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think that might be my big problem with it is it feels like a lot of empty, wasted space. Yes, it yeah, and that's the thing is that like when you're in a starship, and that's what bugs me about the tur- the asinine turbo lift system, is that oh sure space where they're showing premium. that mm-hmm. oh my gosh space is at a, an extreme premium when you're in a starship, and you think. and so like with with engineering I feel like it's better than the brewery in O nine it's way better than whatever the hell we got in Into Darkness, um, <laughs> but. It's. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not. It still throwing... looks like a brewery, though. Does it? It did to me. And granted, I only watched it once, and I didn't look at engineering in as much detail as you did. But that was my first impression takeaway. It was like it's brewery 2.0. No, they have not learned anything. Find okay. Find a still of it because if you really look at it, it looks. It does look like a sovereign class, just with way too much open space. Okay, I'll do that. Maybe you'll change my mind. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, regardless, it's it's too much. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. But like well, I said, I was like, I'm not on, throwing things. Any other <laughs> thoughts on this short trek before we move on to our actual topic of the week? Uh, I liked I liked the throwback to Wesley. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that was great. Um, any excuse to get Pike? I feel like it could... I feel like the actors could have been better utilized, though, and uh, yeah. have a little bit more active storyline maybe more than just one location uh but yeah i think overall this is kind of was underwhelming to me okay fair enough um i think i enjoyed it more than you did and i will watch anson mount in anything i mean if he wants to sit around in a bathrobe and read the phone book i'll watch that for hours whatever he (laughs) wants to do is fine with me gotcha so any excuse to get pike i'm i'm gonna be that fan who will watch it no doubt. So, December, we're going to get some animated Trek. Yes, I am super excited about this because, we, you know, not too long ago, we talked about animated Star Trek and what kind yes. of stories we could do. And it looks like they are doing that. Like, th- we made that episode before uh, they announced this. And it looks like they're varying up the styles. And it looks like it's not just everyone just assumed that it was going to be lower decks, like a, a short Trek for lower deck uh-huh. or lower decks. 
But this one is, it sounds like they're going in the right direction of doing different kind of stories and one-off tales. And I think even one of them is about the myth that uh, Michael Burnham talks about, about the beginning of the universe, or not the beginning of the universe, but the creation of something. I'm, I'm blanking right now. Mm. Boy, uh, me too. But I think that's really, really, really awesome. And we're getting a tardigrade story. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I am 100% for this. I'm really excited to see what's in store. It's going to be a new experience, really, like kind of like new old, because we have had animated series before. But mm-hmm. this reprisal, I'm I'm very excited to see what they've done with it. Yeah, I think this would be, this is really going to intrigue me. And I think the Tardigrade one was scored and directed by Michael Giacchino. Yes, yes. So I'm excited about that too. I really like his work as a composer. So I'm hoping this will be really good. Yeah, I'm excited. I think I think it'll be yeah. I think it'll be interesting at least. Even if it's not fantastic, it'll be interesting. Yes, yes. It'll be a fresh take on Star Trek, honestly. So with that said, how about we get to the topic, which is short treks in the nineties, TNG, DS9, and Voyager Universe Part Deux. Yes, yes, we had so much fun last episode talking about 90s short treks, like what it would look like. And we thought, hey, you know, like, let's let's tackle it again. Let's see what else yeah. we can do. We're not and finished. I thought maybe we could go beyond the 90s just a little bit and maybe do an Enterprise short trek. Ah, you want to give Enterprise some love. Yeah, why not? I, you know what? I don't think web series or webisodes were a thing quite in 2001 but you know what if they'd been thinking forward they would have now when did Battlestar Galactica come out was that 2004 about there I'm thinking 2005 but I could okay, be wrong because I think a couple seasons in they did webisodes and th- that was the first time I really remember seeing webisodes was with Battlestar Galactica so I think around yeah. 2005 6 7 they uh-huh. started doing it. So this definitely would be ahead of its time if we started doing it in 2001, 2003. Yeah, because for context, there's no YouTube in 2001. So if you're going to do this sort of a thing, you've got to host the video. You have to count on people wanting to download it onto their computer, taking the time to do that with maybe their dial-up or their DSL. <laughs> and if they're lucky, they've got cable. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Back then, you had to be... You had to be really invested in order to have cable internet if you even had access a lot of people didn't even have it so (laughs) it would be quite the investment for potentially very little payoff and yet hey we count on star trek to be innovative and it really would have been something i think if we were back then I, i think what would be interesting was you it would be an internet exclusive for a time being and then it would air on upn at a later date you so think? if you wanted to sort be of like one of the bonus f- content or yeah. something. Now, here's the thing. Here's where my brain immediately went with Enterprise. And because of the logistics of the time, <laughs> we were just talking how Ask Not is the shortest short trek we've had to date. I have a feeling this thing would be five minutes. It would be a scene. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I'd hate to be constrained that way. Uh, I mean, yeah, I- tough. It would, it, would, it would have to be. It would have to be something or it would be like the lowest level quality. Uh, but I th- <laughs> it would buffer for 30 minutes to show us five minutes of content. Man, it would be, it would be rough. Yeah. But let's, let's, let's focus on time frame. Let's focus on story. So I'm in the middle okay. of an Enterprise rewatch right now. So Enterprise Ooh. is on the brain. Okay. Uh, 
I'm in the I'm in the last quarter of season three, so I'm in the I'm right smack dab in the middle of the drama of the Zindi arc. Okay. And so one thing that I was thinking, like when we started talking about what if we did an Enterprise short trek, I was thinking, what if we expanded a little bit more on life on Earth post Zindi attack? And yeah. So like the 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 seven million dead in Florida has already happened. Let's say Enterprise is home. Like they just got home. They saved the Earth from the large attack. And we know that there's a lot of unrest on Earth. A lot of people yes. saying we, sh- we shouldn't be going out there. Like this never would have happened if you weren't trying to explore and just broadcasting the location of Earth to everyone you meet. Right. And so I was wondering that if maybe there was something there. Too. Yeah, the, I, yeah, the isolationist vibe. I mean, and honestly, with good reason. Seven million people are dead. Seven million. Right. So, and I mean, humans are going to be humans and not look at the big picture and just immediately say, look, we got to take care of ourselves here. Right. Forget these aliens. So you have all this alien animosity. And we even saw a scene at the in early season four where Phlox kind of gets some of that. Yeah. Where he's at a bar definitely. with Hoshi. And he gets accosted by some people and he does that whole blowfish thing where he <laughs> blows up his head real big. <laughs> right. Um, I'm wondering, is there something to that or do we want to focus on something a little bit more lighthearted? Hmm. I mean, I'm always in the mood for something a little more on the lighter side. Well, what we could do is we could go back a little bit more. So so we saw, we saw how Archer met Trip and we saw how Archer met Paul and Hoshi... And like how they all got on board and everything like that. Like, what if we saw something else? What if we saw Archer recruit? Actually, well, we know the story behind Mayweather too. That one's not very exciting. Mm, um, yeah, poor Travis. No love. Poor Travis. No love. <laughs> Never gets any love. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, honestly, like what I'm wondering is, I mean, could we have... One, th- one of the great things about maybe the earlier days is a lot of times when, say... Uh, to Paul and Archer and Trip are having dinner together or what have you. There's usually a joke at to Paul's expense. Mm-hmm. What if we do something like that? So we have a dinner conversation. So maybe we did do something like Carbon Creek Light. Where yeah, something real. Yeah, but shorter and lighter. Shorter. So like somebody's telling a story like to Paul told a story about Carbon Creek, but yeah. the three of them are at dinner because I always love those scenes when the three of them are at dinner. I do. Me too. Me too. I mean, eating a breadstick with a fork, you just... <laughs> it is a much yeah. better version of the uh, decon chamber. <laughs> so the shameless, shameless decon chamber. Oh my God, yes. All right. Um, and let's not do anything with the decon chamber. No. So dinner. they're at dinner. We've had to Paul tell a story. So it's I feel like else. maybe it should be Archer or Trip telling a story. Yeah. Are you leaning toward one character or the other? I well, I'm a big fan of Connor Turnier, and so I think Trip would be a good person to tell a story. He feels like right. he would be someone who would be a natural storyteller. I don't think Archer is a natural storyteller. <laughs> no, you're. Pro- I think you're right. Okay, so Trip, it is. What sort of story can Trip tell? Well, you immediately think like he's constantly talking about Florida. Like that is his like a determining factor in his personality. So you want to go towards there. But what I want to know a little (laughs) bit more, like I want him to tell an embarrassing story to to Paul about Archer. Oh, about Archer? Because 
the moment you brought up Florida, I'm thinking Florida man story. Florida but... man story. <laughs> that Sorry, would be funny. Florida. You've done we this to you. yourselves. <laughs> uh, what? Okay, so we do know that Trip and Archer were, they did their survival training together. Okay, this is a perfect setup for an embarrassing Archer story. And I think it was in Death Valley was when they did it. So they did it in the States okay. in Death Valley. So let's say like Archer's just like, Trip, no, no, like we're not going to tell this story. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I'm leaning to like, I know this is so stereotypical, but this is done in almost every single sitcom where they're trapped and it's super cold and they have to, they have to huddle together for warmth. <laughs> in Death Valley? It well yeah in Death Valley at nighttime it gets super well, cold. Yeah, I suppose yeah you're gonna have like 130 degrees during the day and then desert cold at night. I'm not saying that has to be the focus of the episode. That's not the embarrassing thing because no. it's not embarrassing and it's overdone in sitcoms. But I want it to happen because I think it's funny. Um, okay, so okay, what if Archer prepared for really hot temperatures, brought plenty of water, but then maybe didn't bring any blankets or anything for nighttime? Yes, I love that idea where, yes, or wait, is that more of a trip thing or an archer thing, you think? I think that's an archer thing. Um, He just, he did not think this through very well. So then like, what if, uh, I don't know, what if he and, uh, he has to huddle up with Trip to conserve some body heat or something? I, I love that idea where we shouldn't, we, like, it's, you, you really skirt the line in television like say that this was if this was in 2001 they would totally go the um uh gay panic mode and yeah i know uh, and since we're in 2019 and we're making it for 2001 we have the ability to not go gay panic mode and so <laughs> yeah i want to go the embarrassment mode of being unprepared and trips just like it doesn't matter come on and archer's like no i don't want to <laughs> and and yeah like they... i think an archer would resist he's like no yeah. I, i'm fine meanwhile he's shaking honestly i think it's the other way around i really do i think it would i think it would be really? trip i really do i think archer oh. would be prepared so we're gonna switch around this it's actually going to be a joke at trip's expense I th- okay, let's do the let's do the turnaround here. So let's say that Trip is the one who forgot his his night gear. Okay. But this is how the story ends. But like Archer ends the story that way, but Trip is starts it telling something else. Where like Trip starts the story making fun of Archer, and then Archer's mm. like, I'm thinking you're forgetting how the night ended. Yeah. Good twist, good twist. So how do we start it? So it's got to be during the daytime. Okay. Um, and it's, hmm. Let's see. So during survival training, it's it's hot. You're in the desert. You have a lack of water. And, um, you know, maybe the two of them, I, the two of them get separated from the rest of everybody else. Like they, they uh, it's, it's because when you're doing survival training, I'm sure you're in a group. And so I want to say that Trip and Archer get separated, and sure, um, maybe they they get so they get heat exhaustion, and so uh, Archer starts hallucinating. <laughs> what if they're really bad hunters? What would they hunt in Desert Valley, like lizards little and stuff? Little lizard, little lizards, and whatever they could possibly get their hands on. 
to eat, especially if they're separated, what if they lose some of their gear in the process? Mm. They don't have all their resources at their disposal. Also, what if there's vodka instead of water? Where on earth would that come from? <laughs> because they're going to party that night and in that flask is not water and they figure that out a little too late and then they, uh, they're they not hydrated so they're going to have heat exhaustion and hallucinations and just pure dehydration from drunkenness. I think you're rubbing a little bit too much char into this uh, this story with, <laughs> okay, with the fine. vodka. Fine. Um, I like the hunting angle but let's let's combine our two thoughts where like it's okay. so hot and they 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 have a lack of water that what if they're Archer... like hallucinating and they think that little lizards are there to eat but they're not yes. they're hunting nothing that's what i was going for yeah All that's right. definitely the direction i was going in is that like they're hunting lizards and Tripp's just like, what? Well, I don't see any lizards. This is ridiculous. He's like, they're all over the place. And Archer's like trying to get the lizards <laughs> and he keeps trying to stab it. And then like we actually, the audience actually sees the lizards. And, right. But then and cut so, too and he's stabbing dirt. Yeah. Like he, he stabs it and he said, he's like, see here. And then, you know, Tripp he picks holds it, it up. up. Nothing. And it's just, it's just a stick or something, you know, like. <laughs> And so that's this, like we, you know, like we flesh it out, we make it much more robust and like, that's the story. And then like to Paul, like, which way would to Paul go? Would she say like, well, you know, like, uh, like I think she'd try to comfort Archer saying like, well, under extreme conditions, it's natural to, you know, to hallucinate certain things. And Tripp's just laughing his ass off. Now, with this being maybe a little earlier in Enterprise's run, is to Paul going to be slightly condescending, like humans have a hard time resisting heat it's only natural that you would have hallucinated like that or something i think yeah i think she yes i think she would say that she would it would definitely be a backhanded compliment yes that, that vulcans are so famous for uh-huh. where it's just like i mean you're only limited by your species <laughs> like it's okay <laughs> yeah and i like that she, a lot that's to and Paul. she makes it she makes a reference to vulcan where she said like that's called a thursday for us <laughs> Because okay. Vulcan's very hot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then that's where we kind of hand it off to to Archer, where like Trip is laughing his ass off, and Archer's like, "Yeah, that's just the beginning of the story." And Trip's like, "Wait, yeah, we, what we are said, you talking?" Ta- oh no! <laughs> like we we promised we weren't going to talk about that. And he's like, <laughs> "You started this." <laughs> and I think T'Pol is going to lead this on. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I mean, you can't just stop the story here now. Yeah, you have to tell me. And so it's just pure embarrassment. It's just Trip saying he's fine, he's fine, he's shivering. And Archer's the one saying, listen, it's fine. Like, I know you're frustrated, but uh, you got to keep warm. Because he did that before with T'Pol in a um, in the Pajem episode where, like, like uh, T'Pol was frigid. Uh-huh. And he said, he's like, get under the covers. It's no big deal. I feel like that would kind of echo that, but he would do that with Trip. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, is there a little more to that where they, okay, yeah, they're going to huddle up, but is there, what other sort of embarrassing element can we put in this? Because that's not that embarrassing. That's necessity. No. I think, um, I think Trip finally caves, they huddle together, and then they wake up the next morning and Trip just has his arms all around Archer. <laughs> and... <laughs> The rest of the group finds them. <gasps> okay, okay. So then they're kind of maybe led to wonder, well, what happened last night? Yeah, it's like, what's going on? They're like, nothing, shut up. Like, did you guys run away on purpose? 
to have a little so that, romp together. And so like, and that's the thing. That's where we skirt the line. It's not the gay panic thing. It's the shut up. Like we're Starfleet officers thing. He's my friend. It was all so, business. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to, I don't know. I, I think maybe we're getting a little too close though of making fun of a gay relationship, even though this is not. I think we can do it in a way where in 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 modern Star Trek style where it's not like oh you're gay huh it's 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 not you're gay it's oh two people together okay you know, thank that you that's the thing. distinction we need to make yeah yeah it's not hardy har I mean, wink Star wink Trek. yeah it's it's Star Trek it's the future we don't give a crap about those kind of labels no no, nor and do I we think, as people, and so I don't even want to put our names on this if it's going to be uh, anything less than that. So with that said, though, that's good, where it's just, oh, you two, we should yeah. have known. It's it's hard. Yeah, it's like it's hard to convey that via podcast, but it is. it's that's definitely the tone we would try to set. Like this is not the, 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 the same old, same old gay panic joke. This is right. the... Uh, like two people out in the desert huddled together. They were separated from the group and the group's just like, oh, oh, okay. We knew you guys were close, but. <laughs> and sure. Something like that. Something like that. Okay. So then how do, like, how do we want to wrap this thing up? Um, like we can't just stop there with the short track. We need I some sort know. of like boom ching. It's got, yeah, we got to have something. I feel like it comes back and. Let's see. Okay. Okay. Let's add a little bit. Let's add a little bit more weight to it, a little bit more sincerity. So it's not just the possible gay panic moment. So uh-huh. at any at any time during survival training, you can whip out your communicator and call for an evac. At any time, you can say, like, I've had too much, I'm sick, or I don't have enough water, I've screwed up, please get me out of here. And a oh, shuttlecraft will why come didn't by they and pick do you that? up. And I think because if they did that, then it would be over and you'd have to start your survival training over. You wouldn't get the position you wanted. Maybe, um, you know, like there would be consequences to it. Like you'd be delayed in your education if that happened. Like you'd have to repeat a semester. Mm. Or, okay, no. What not if semester because they're not in the academy. Arrogance. Maybe Archer knows that he can call in and do this. Maybe Trip didn't know. And this is the kaboom ching where we could have called and just everything would have stopped at that moment. Who cares if we would have had to have redone it? I I think I want to disagree with you on that one because I feel like we're, we're getting the funny stuff with them being found by the people afterwards. I want to bring it back with some sincerity to the point where we're back at the dinner and... And to Paul says something like, "Well, like, couldn't you have evacuated any time?" And Trip and Trip go, it up. "Yeah, she's bringing it up." And Trip goes, "Well, I mean, if we if I did that, if I did say because I forgot my equipment, I'd have to admit that I forgot my equipment, and I would have had to retake the survival training, and it, like, I don't know what would have happened after that. My timeline would have been all screwed up." And to Paul would have said, "So Captain Archer, beside like Captain Archer, kind of." secured the fact that you are on enterprise today or something to that effect and (laughs) or it no what if she's a little more condescending so human arrogance is what has brought you to enterprise today or something like that yeah he yeah she says something callous and then trip for some reason finally realizes it like oh that's why you did it 
Because if I restarted my survival training, like if you let me call the evac, then you would have had to chosen a new engineer or something like that. Uh-huh. And and that's where Trip found finds a newfound appreciation for it or something like that. Oh, okay, that's cute. That puts a little bit of elegance on top of a bunch of mishaps. That yeah, Archer so like, was really actually looking out for Trip, knowing that they would get through this somehow. Right, right. Where he he didn't want him to just call for the transport because he knew it would screw up his timeline of how he yeah, wanted to it, get onto it, a ship. Yeah, I like that whole idea where it would have set him back so far that it would have messed up his whole, I mean, not his whole career, but it definitely would have jeopardized a lot of things. Yeah, some something to that effect. I think yeah. you, you start with the with the jokes with about the lizards at Archer's expense, then you transition into the jokes at Trip's expense, you know, with the other group finding them, and then you button it up with actual sincerity. Yeah. Very cool. And it's it's a little short story. It doesn't need to take any more than 15 minutes, tops. Tops. And tops. like you were saying at the top of the show, this is not necessary, but it's a cute no. little story. And it just builds the relationship between Trip and Archer a little bit more because we do see that they have a strong friendship. And yeah. we do get some flashbacks here and there. We do get some references, but I've always wanted to see more. Well, and then here we go. Here's a little more. There you go. Well, okay, I think that's done. Good. Hey, that should be our show. I think we planned on doing a little bit more, but we're we're running out of time, and so I think uh, maybe we could do it again next week, or we come back, we circle back uh, in a few weeks from now. I mean, actually, yeah. we're uh, um, you know uh, in in America, Thanksgiving's coming up next week, so it might be a little spotty. Uh, what episode's going to happen next week, if an episode happens next week, uh, but we'll definitely be coming at you as soon as we possibly can. That's right, and you know what we're going to do. We're going to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.